Dr. Martin Gallick is an assistant professor at the Institute of European Studies at Angelonian University. He also uh, he earned a PhD in sociology from the same university. He's teaching uh, on social and cultural aspects of European integration, nationalism, multiculturalism, citizenship and migration. He's been a visiting fellow at the University of Cambridge, University of Leuven, University of Osaka and LSE. And his current research focuses on the complex relations between migration, Europeanization, and identity formation processes on which we will hear him talk today. Basically, um, I'm going to narrow down a little bit uh, the perspective. So I'll be uh, mainly talk about uh, Polish case in the context of, of, of the uh, Central European, Central Eastern European region. Uh, but, but I'm going to talk about uh, broader perspective in terms of time because uh, the Polish, the last uh, wave of migration in Poland uh, didn't start in 2004. Uh, it didn't start uh, in, to, in 1989 either, but uh, it started in 1981. So it's been nearly 30 years, three decades of migration um, in Poland. So uh, I'm going to uh, look at this uh, process as phenomenon, uh, as, a, as a dynamic, dynamic thing. Uh, last year, 2012, uh, around 10% of working population in Poland expressed a wish to go and work abroad. 10% of the whole working population. In 1991, it was 70% of the whole population, people who wanted to go and live abroad for at least some time, and 13% wanted to leave the country forever. So we've got a very, very uh, dynamic uh, situation and uh, I think I will try to focus on underlying different uh, issues uh, related to this dynamics. Uh, a short overview of what I am talking about. I will start with the concept of fake modernity because this is where uh, the title of my talk uh, comes from. That the, uh, then I will uh, move to um, identify some migration and uh, remodernization uh, relations in Poland. Uh, next, uh, I'm going to look at Poland through the theoretical framework uh, worked out by the Heinde Haas and I'm going to pin down the Polish case on a migration and development swinging pendulum. I will, I will try to look at these three different decades of Polish migration. And uh, at the end I will uh, try to refer to the current situation and prospects for the, for the future. So what is fake modernity and what were its consequences? Uh, the term fake modernity was coined by a prominent professor of sociology, Polish sociologist Professor Stompka, and it was in 1993 when uh, a few years after the uh, collapse of communism, and uh, that was a time where many people in Poland uh, 
uh, express their uh, dissatisfaction with the current situation. So uh, things didn't go as well as people expected. There were a uh, huge growth of pessimism and the Poles voted for post-communist party. They just missed the, 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 previous, the previous reality. So uh, Stompka tried to explain the situation and he uh, defined the the, the situation at the, at the beginning of the 90s as a, as a fake modernity. His argument was that uh, that, that situation was uh, mainly the legacy of real socialism, that the modernization which Poland had gone through after the Second War was mainly forced, imposed from above. And uh, that was that, that, that what, what differed uh, Poland and other countries in the region from, from Western European countries. Because uh, what, what modernized Poland, uh, the means of modernization was not uh, liberal democracy and, and uh, market economy, but politicized, centralized, and planned economic system plus authoritarian rule. So according to Stompka, there was a paradox. On the one hand, there was a forced creation of tangible modernity, so like industrialization, for example, more or less similar to the Western world. On the other hand, there was destruction of intangible cultural tissue necessary for effective operation of modernity. So on the surface, Poland and other countries of the region looked like more or less Western countries, but below the surface, there were lack of basic cultural uh, competences. Stompka called this, this uh, syndrome civilization incompetence, which consisted, consisted, consisted of deficiencies in entrepreneurial culture, civic and political culture, discourse culture, everyday culture. It was a common mantra at the beginning of the 90s about Homo Sovieticus syndrome. It was and um, maybe uh, syndrome more familiar to would be learn helplessness. People just you know it, uh, spent uh, five uh, five decades uh, in in the reality of uh, real socialism without much uh, possibility to develop their they, uh, they agency. The real social, socialist state was like a, not like a non-state, but it was like a, a prison guard state more. So everything was nationalized, everything was planned, and everything was uh, directed by the central government. And that's what left people with lack deficiencies in this certain basic uh, cultural traits which are which are indispensable if a modern society is to work effectively and uh, so as i said this 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 uh, syndrome stompka called civilization incompetence so ironically uh, 
social, so, so, social moder, uh, socialist modernization was to move Poland and other countries in the region from the periphery of world system to the core, but it ended up that at the end of the 20th century, Central and Eastern European societies uh, landed deeper in the periphery than ever before. I will give you one example. In the 80s, so it was like 30 years, less than 30 years ago, uh, average monthly salary in Germany equal to 50 monthly salaries in Poland. That was mainly because of the completely artificial exchange rate between socialist bloc and, and western part of, of, of Europe, but I suppose this, this gap is much bigger than in today Britain and, and Bangladesh, I'm pretty sure. So for a Paul who migrated to Germany, worked one year and came back, it was like 50 years in, in Poland, and that was 25 years ago. So that was, that was what made Poland deeper in the periphery than ever, ever, ever before. So at the beginning of the nice of the 90s, Poland had to remodernize itself again, and this this time it was supposed to follow the traditional traditional uh, follow the early modernizer trajectory. So, and uh, the Polish society had to uh, build again uh, basic tangible. Uh, elements of modern society and economy, as well as this uh, intangible, this cultural, cultural traits. So, to my view, there are, there are many agents of the social change, because uh, my, uh, my argument is that the whole process has ended up relatively successful. successful. At the moment, Poland is a member of the European Union, if things stay the same, Poland will overcome Portugal in terms of GDP per, per capita in three years' time. So, relatively speaking, this, 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 the whole story of this re, uh, remodernization is, is, is positive. And uh, to my view, one of the most important agents of this, of this positive change, social change, were migrants and migration. Uh, these were the, there have been the people who were going abroad to Western countries. They uh, discovered different patterns of behavior, thinking, doing things. They learned them, they acquired cert certain uh, capabilities, skills, and they transferred, channeled them back to Poland to their usually very peripheral areas where they come from. Uh, we wrote a book about this process, we called it Migration and Europeanization, because uh, a return to Europe was a, was a dominant discourse at the, at the beginning of the 90s. The Poles wanted to join the European Union and uh, NATO at any price. That's why there was a big bang, shock therapy, etc. Et so uh, yeah, that's, that's migration as a as a remodernization process uh, in Poland was 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 absolutely vital to my mind. The most areas in Poland, in most areas in Poland, uh, around 30 percent of people 
have spent some time abroad and acquiring experience while working there, at least 30%. There are certain regions where more than 50% of working population uh, work abroad. So you can imagine how big, how important, how, how, how massive this impact might have been in Poland and still is in Poland. Uh, so that is one dimension of, of, of uh, influence of migration and remodernization in, in Poland. Another one was uh, uh, the fact that this remodernization, uh, which was following this early early modernizers, triggered a similar similar effects as in case of Britain, France, Spain, Italy or, or, or Ireland recently Ireland. So one of these consequences was a huge boost to mobility. And this mobility uh, mobility started as internal mobility in Poland. So people started moving from small villages to towns, uh, bigger urban centers. And uh, I will show you uh, uh, one chart with, which very well describes this mechanism and shows some consequences for the last wave of migration after 2004. This is the number of students in Polish higher education. And this is 1990 and 2010. So when you look at 1996-1997, this is a moment when the higher education sector is rapidly growing. That was, that was the time when Tony Blair kept repeating education, education, education. So uh, I suppose that Polish decision makers were listening to him. That's why Polish migrants in Britain are relatively well educated today, probably. No, it's a joke. But this, Internal, internal mobi uh, mobility was soaked by uh, higher education sectors. Within a few years' time, the number of students jumped from uh, 700,000 to nearly 2 million. So uh, this uh, mobility, what I called uh, vertical mobility, which is very profound in Poland, I mean, people are mobile from small villages, they go to bigger, bigger towns, uh, bigger urban centers, and then they move abroad. There's very little uh, horizontal mobility. People do not change their place of living. They, um, they, they don't move uh, among different cities in Poland. So this, this, this uh, vertical mobility is predominant. So in 2004-2005, that was the moment when this internal mobility was about to move outside of Poland. That was when Poland joined the European Union. That was the moment when Poland and Polish society was probably the last time a labor abundant society. Because every year there was around 400, 500,000 people who are leaving universities and colleges. At, at, the, at the same moment, 2004, the rate of unemployment in Poland was 25%, and among school leavers and graduates was even 50%. So you can imagine what would have happened in Poland if there was no emigration at that point. That, that, that point. 
So my, my, my argument is that that's just this, this last wave of emigration in 2004, which started in 2004, was just a, a normal uh, consequence of modernizing processes which Poland was going through in the, in the, 90s, in the 90s and then in 2000. Uh, migration and development pendulum in Poland. Uh, mm, this is uh, the, the, to cut the, short, the long story short. There are two different views. Uh, migration is positive for development; it's advantages. And, uh, migration is negative; it's disadvantages. And uh, one of the solutions to this problem uh, put forward by by Hein is is uh, a suggestion to uh, put the migration in the context and try to assess the impact of migration on development according to the framework that's happening. So, uh, in 1980-1989 in Poland, nearly one million people left the country. One million people, so it's around the same number with the, the this publicized, well advertised, etc. wave of emigrants. And that was, that was the worst moment and that, that was the moment when, uh, to my mind, to my view, migration was detrimental to development. And that was mainly because of the context. Poland was still behind the iron, iron curtain, so people who were leaving the country didn't maintain links with their uh, families. If they did, if, and they sent money remittances, etc., back to Poland, then this money could not be invested in uh, small enterprises because everything was nationalized, so there was no room for social agency, individual agency. Uh, uh, the people who were emigrating in the, in the, uh, in the 80s were um, even better educated than these ones who left the country after 2004. 25% of the uh, graduates in Poland uh, left immediately uh, the country. So that was uh, really uh, negative. Uh, the, situation, the situation changed in 1989 because the context changed. So people could travel back and forth, the, the migration started to become more circular. We actually call these migrants pendulum migrants because they move from Poland to other uh, European countries. They can send money, they can transfer skills, cultural capabilities, abilities, etc., etc. So this is uh, where uh, migration, in my view, supports re regional development. And 2004-2012 is another change of, uh, uh, of the context because Poland joined the European Union and the uh, uh, scale of remittances sent to Poland, for example, jumped radically. Uh, because people start working legally, they, they get paid uh, real, real money, and, and this, uh, this time is, to my mind, also absolutely vital for national development, because it also secured political stability. If all these people, the students, hadn't left Poland in 2004, and the rate of unemployment jumped from 24% to 30%, and 
unemployment among young students were around 80%, but we would have had worse situation than in 1933 in Nazi Germany. And, uh, and that, uh, that was the moment, 2005, when uh, the last time two right extreme populist parties were in power. Since that time, we've got very stable political situation that was also, also pretty, pretty important. Prospects for the future? Uh, Poland is not a labor-abundant country anymore. There, there are some regions with, uh, where, plenty, where uh, the rate of unemployment is still pretty high, but there are also uh, special urban centers where, uh, where the, uh, there is a lack of, uh, of people uh, ready to work. Uh, Polish uh, demography was also Demographic patterns are also changing. People are getting older, and the birth rate in Poland is one of the lowest in, in, in Europe, so this is also quite important. And uh, mm, mm, short-sightedness sh short of current state policies. I, uh, I am making a point at every conference I attend to that Poland is a free rider in this term, that because Poland doesn't, Polish government doesn't want to spend money on, on, on investing in, in social infrastructure which would support mo this horizontal mobility in Poland. That's Poland, uh, Polish uh, government, this, the, the whole welfare system, I would say, is artificial. It's, 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 it's in the same way as it was this fake modernity. There is the whole, uh, the, the uh, unemployment benefits, the uh, housing benefits, etc. But in, in real, real life, nobody would ever survive even a few months living on, 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 on this on this benefit. So, to my mind, the uh, Polish government uh, is um, transferring the social borders to other European societies, just where people... It's, and, and migration at this moment is, to my mind, uh, the only, uh, the, the, the only uh, social insurance. If you go bankrupt, if you, uh, go if you get unemployed, the, 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 only, the only choice is to go abroad. This is the simplest choice, actually. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much.